Tonight's message is called Three Words for Redemption. Now, God's people are a purchased people. They've been bought and paid for by the precious, precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, who shed his blood at Calvary's cross as the great sinner's substitute. And God's people are a people chosen by God. There are people redeemed by God. There are people regenerated or born again by God. And there are people given faith by God to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. They are a people justified by God, before God, in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. They are people who are sanctified by God, in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. They are people saved from all their sins by God, by God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And a people kept by the power of God. And one day soon, they will be a people who will be in the presence of God, for eternity, all according to the mercy and grace of God. Now, the whole state of a believer in Christ is all by the power and might of God. God's people are saved and redeemed by the perfect sin-atoning death of the Lord Jesus Christ. Anyone who says that Christ died for everyone, they actually limit the merit and power and efficacy of Christ's blood atonement, because in declaring that false doctrine, they declare that many perish in hell for whom Christ died in vain. And such blasphemy that Christ died for everyone is actually a denial of Christ's deity, for it makes him a failure. And the scriptures declare of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is God incarnate in the flesh, who is the word of God made incarnate, the second person of the Trinity, that he shall not fail. Let's read Isaiah 42 verses 1 to 4, which declares Christ as Jehovah's servant. Isaiah 42 verse 1, Behold my servant whom I uphold, mine elect, in whom my soul delighteth. See, God delights in Christ. I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not cry, nor lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed shall he not break, and the smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. He shall not fail. This is speaking of Jehovah's servant. This is speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ. He shall not fail. He succeeded in what he came here to do. And he came here to save his people from their sins. He succeeded in that. He saved his people from their sins. He purchased them with his own precious blood. He obtained eternal redemption for God's elect. It says he shall not fail nor be discouraged. He went to the cross as the joy that was set before him to redeem his people from their sins. He shall not fail nor be discouraged till he have set judgment in the earth and the isles wait for his law. And again, notice in that text in Isaiah 42, verse 4, he shall not fail. Beloved of God, Christ redeemed his people. Christ redeemed God's people. He redeemed his bride when he died on Calvary's cross. He did not die for all the world, but he died to save his people from their sins. And this is what the scripture declares. He shall not fail. He shall not fail, and he did not. He finished completely the work he was sent here to do. He lived and died as a substitute of God's people, of God's elect, who are sinners saved by the grace and mercy of God alone. Let's continue reading in Isaiah chapter 42, and we're seeing verses 5 to 9. It says this, Thus saith the Lord, He that created the heavens and stretched them out, He that spread forth the earth, and that which cometh out of it, He that giveth breath unto the people upon it, and the Spirit to them that walk therein. I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness. See, we're called in Christ Jesus, and He is the Lord our righteousness, and will hold thine hand, and will keep thee. Look at that. 
Christ is ever with his people, and he keeps us, and give thee for a covenant of the people, for a light of the Gentiles. Look at this. And this again is speaking of Christ. He is the one who opens the blind eyes. To open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the prison. And them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. That was us in our natural state. That was God's people in our natural state. We were in the prison. We are in the prison house of sin. We sat in darkness. And then look what it says in Isaiah 42 verse 8. I am the Lord. That is my name. And my glory will I not give to another neither my praise to graven images. Behold, the former things are come to pass, and new things do I declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. So we see that the word of God never limits the merit, power, and efficacy of Christ's redeeming work. His blood shall never lose its power. The word of God limits the scope, design, and purpose of the atonement, declaring that it was made for and effectually accomplished the redemption of God's elect. Turn, if you would, to Matthew chapter 1. Look at this. Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Now look at verse 21. Now this is speaking about Christ. This is speaking about Mary shall bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus. This is the Lord Jesus Christ. And look what he's going to accomplish. And we know in Isaiah, it says he shall not fail nor be discouraged. Christ accomplished this at Calvary's cross. Look at this, Matthew 1, 21. And she shall bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Again, there is one of those little hinge words, shall right? Big doors swing on little hinges. Look at this. For he shall save his people from their sins. What a truth declared before us here. Christ came to this world to save his people from their sins, and he accomplished that work. He cried what? It is finished. The work's done. He saved his people from their sins 2,000 years ago on Calvary's cross. And then turn, if you would, to John chapter 10. Well, the word of God clearly proclaims that Christ came to give his life for his people. Look at this, John chapter 10, look at verse 11. John chapter 10, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for who? For the sheep, for the sheep. Now go a little bit further down in this chapter, John chapter 10, and we'll read verses 24 to 30. Then came the Jews round about him. Now remember in verse 11, remember in verse 11, it says Christ came here to give his life for the sheep. Look at this in John chapter 10, starting in verse 24. Then came the Jews round about him and said unto them plainly, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Here's the Lord Jesus Christ's reply. Here's the reply of God incarnate in the flesh. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you believe not the works that I do in my Father's name. They bear witness of me. So Christ's works bear witness of who he is. Right? Raising the dead give you their sight to the blind, the deaf can hear, lepers are cleansed. Oh my, look what it says here. But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. Now hold on, look at this. Oh, what a verse that is. John chapter 10, verse 26. Our Lord tells, tells these Jews who came to him, you're not my sheep. And look what he says in verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Oh my, if you've heard the shepherd's voice, Rejoice, 
If you followed Christ, rejoice. You're one of his sheep. You're one of the sheep that has heard his voice through the preaching of the word of God, born again by the Holy Spirit of God, granted faith to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, the very ones who Christ came to save, right? He came to save what? His people from their sins. Well, here they're being identified. They're his sheep. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. He knows them intimately and they will follow him because of God's effectual call. No one can resist the effectual call of God, the Holy Spirit. Look at this in John 10 verses 28 to 30. Now you talk about eternal security. You talk about eternal security for the believer. And I give unto them eternal life. Christ gives eternal life. We don't earn it. We don't deserve it. Nothing we can ever do to merit it. And Christ is the one who gives it. Look at this. And I give unto them eternal life. This is God incarnate in the flesh saying this. And they shall what? Never perish. Oh my. And look at that. There's another hinge word again. Shall. They shall never perish. This is God saying this. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. And not any man is you or I or anyone else. Right? My father which gave them me is greater than all. Jehovah. And no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hands. I and my father are one. There. Oh, here. The word incarnate has said that he and the father are one. We know the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit are one. One. Now, tonight I'd like us to consider three words used in the New Testament about redemption. Our English word redemption comes from the Latin and means to buy again. The English dictionary defines the word redemption as the action of saving or being saved from sin, error or evil. Similar words are saving, freeing from sin, vindication, and absolution. The English word also defines the word redemption as the action of regaining or gaining possession of something in exchange for payment or clearing of a debt. Also similar words are retrieval, recovery, reclamation, repossession, recoupment, return, rescue, and repurchase. Looking at these Greek words tonight will help us to grasp the meaning of the word redemption. And this is good for we who are the people of God. It will show us what Christ has done for us by his perfect sin atoning work on Calvary's cross. Now in the Greek New Testament, three words are commonly used in reference to our redemption by Christ. Now let's consider the first word, agorazo. The basic meaning of agorazo is to buy. The antitype of this Greek word would be to sell. Similar words in the Greek mean to buy, to obtain, to gain, possess, purchase, to release on receipt of a ransom, to redeem. Beloved of God, you and I who believe have been bought unto God from among men by the precious, precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we see this brought forth in Revelation chapter 5 verse 9, where the saints are singing the praises of the Lamb of God in heaven, proclaiming that it is he who has redeemed us to God by his own blood. Turn, if you would, to Revelation chapter 5, and we'll read verses 8 to 10. Now, redeemed in verse 9, which we'll read, is, is the Greek word agorazo, which means to buy. Revelation chapter 5, verses 8 to 10. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us. He's bought us. He's bought us with his precious blood. He's redeemed us to God. Look at that. He purchased us. He's redeemed us to God by thy blood. 
out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation. And has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. So again, the Greek word for redeemed in verse 9 means to buy. And note, note how we've been purchased by the precious, precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ has purchased us, purchased the eternal souls of his people with his own precious blood. He purchased his bride because we are called the bride of Christ. He's purchased us so clearly, it says, and has redeemed us to God by thy blood. Oh, he gave his life for us, beloved. Is the great substitute dying on Calvary's cross. So rejoice, you who are the beloved of God. We have been purchased by God himself, the Lord Jesus Christ, the word of God, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. We've been purchased with his precious, precious blood. And beloved of God, we have been bought from the earth, from among the fallen sons of Adam. Turn, if you would, to Revelation chapter 14. We'll read verses 3 and 4, which speak of God's elect having been purchased by Christ from among the sons of Adam. Revelation 14, verses 3 and 4. And they sang, as it were, a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders. And no man could learn that song but the hundred and forty and four thousand which were redeemed from the earth. Well, we see here, beloved, that we were purchased, bought out, from the earth by the precious blood of Christ. Because that's that's the same Greek word, agorazo, which means to buy. That's used there in Revelation 14, verse 3. These are they which were not defiled with woman, for they are virgins. These are they which follow the Lamb, whithersoever he goeth. These were redeemed from among men. Again, bought, being the first fruits unto God and to the Lamb. So are the redeemed of the Lord have been purchased by the Lord Jesus Christ from among the sons of Adam. Oh, and what do we who are the redeemed say? Glory to his name. Glory to his mighty name. Beloved of God, you and I who believe, we've been bought with the price. And that price is the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to this warning by Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. He's warning the Corinthian church to flee from fornication. And he pens these words in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 17 to 20. He writes this, But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you? which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. Look at this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20, For ye have been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. See that word bought in verse 20? It's the same Greek word. It means that we've been purchased. It means to buy. We are bought with a price, beloved. We've been bought with a price. What's that price? The precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we see in this in the book of Acts that God's church has been bought, been purchased with Christ's own blood. Look at this in Acts 20, verse 28. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. Look at that. Our Lord Jesus Christ has purchased us, purchased us with his Precious, precious blood. The Greek word for purchase there in verse 28 is defined as denoting acquisition. Denoting acquisition. To acquire, gain for oneself. Beloved, 
We were purchased by Christ for Christ because God's people are the bride of Christ. My, this is wonderful. The next Greek word I would like us to look at is exagerazo. This is a compound word. Ex means out or from, and agarazo means to buy or bought. Out or from and to buy. Exagerazo means bought out of, to buy out of, purchase, redeem from. The antitype of this word means to become or make a servant, to enslave utterly. Beloved, that's the state we were in, in our natural state. We were utterly enslaved to sin. We were utterly slaves to our sin. Similar words in the Greek mean to release on receipt of a ransom, to redeem. So, beloved, this is bringing forth this next Greek word we'll look at for redemption is bringing forth that God's elect had been bought out, purchased by Christ from the hands of God's offended justice and law. How? By the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, which satisfied the justice and law of God for us when Christ died as our substitute on Calvary's cross. Turn, if you would, to Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, and we will see clearly this brought forth that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Galatians 3.13. Galatians 3.13. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is every one that hangeth on a tree. Now note in verse 13, we see that Christ has redeemed his people from the curse of the law. Now this is wonderful truth being brought forth here before us in the scriptures. God's people have been redeemed from the curse of the law. Now that word redeemed in the Greek is exagorazo. So we see that Christ has bought his people out from the curse of the law. We've been purchased by Christ, and now we see that we've been, we've been bought out from under the curse of the law. He's purchased us with his precious blood, his redeeming blood. So what a wonderful truth is brought forth here before us. Now I'll turn one chapter over to verse 5 of Galatians chapter 4. We'll read verses 4 and 5 together to get the context of this verse. It says, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son. So Christ was sent from heaven. The word of God was sent from heaven. We know why. To save his people from their sins. He was sent when the fullness of time was come. God sent forth his Son, made of a woman. He's the seed of the woman, made under the law. Why? Look at verse 5 of Galatians chapter 4. To redeem them that were under the law. We were under the law. Why? That we might receive the adoption of sons. So again, what a wonderful truth is brought forth here. As we see the word redeem in verse 5 of Galatians chapter 4, it's the Greek word exagerazo, meaning Christ has bought his people out from under the law. He's purchased us. He's redeemed us with his own precious blood. Therefore, now the law of God, because we've been purchased out from under the law, the law of God has no claim on the believer because the law has been satisfied, perfectly satisfied by the sacrifice of Christ. And he's bought and purchased his people. Here's a good illustration for us to understand this. If we were talking about redeeming an item from a pawn shop or buying groceries or purchasing a car or any other item that is both purchased and delivered from the possession of one into the possession of another. Exagerazo has the idea of deliverance by the payment of a price. 
And as it's used in the word of God, it refers to deliverance of God's elect from the hands of God's offended law and justice. We see in Galatians from the curse of the law, but the curse of his holy law. And how have we been delivered from that? How have we been saved from the curse of the law? By the precious, precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, which he shed at Calvary's cross. My, this will lead right into our third word for redemption, which is the word lutro. It means a ransom. It means to bring forward a ransom, to release on receipt of a ransom, to release by payment of a ransom, to redeem, to be redeemed or to be ransomed. Thus, lutro means to receive a ransom, to set free or to loose. The word is derived from a Greek word, which means the act of redemption or deliverance. Antitypes of this word would mean to enslave, to capture, to make captive. See, that was again our state. We were enslaved. We were captured by our own sin in our natural state. Beloved, we've been set free in Christ. We've been loosed. The ransom has been paid. Job said, I've found a ransom. Well, that's the Lord Jesus Christ, isn't it? Again, what a description of a freedom that we have in Christ. Similar words in the Greek to loot. Lutro means to save, to deliver, to rescue completely, to show grace, to free, to release, to deliver. My, oh my, beloved of God, what great deliverance we have here before us. What great deliverance that Christ accomplished on the cross when he died in the room and place of his people. We who are sinners by birth, nature, and choice, we could never redeem ourselves. In Christ, by his one sacrifice on Calvary's cross, saved all the elect from all the ages. He's redeemed us from the curse of the law. He's redeemed us from out from under the law, beloved. And he paid all that God demanded. The ransom has been paid. All that God demanded for the ransom of his people has been paid. Christ has redeemed our eternal souls, beloved. Oh my, this Greek word is the word that would be used to describe the deliverance of a slave or a prisoner from bondage. And by paying a ransom price for him, Peter tells us that we have been redeemed, not with silver and gold, which is the usual price of a ransom, right? But we've been redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. This is the same Greek word going to be used here. First Peter chapter 1, verses 18 to 21. Look at this. First Peter 1, 18. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed, ransomed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversations received by tradition from your fathers. Oh, look at what verse 19 brings for. What were we redeemed by? What were God's people redeemed with? Not with silver and gold, which is the usual price, right? To pay for the deliverance of a slave or a prisoner from bondage. But no, 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 silver and gold. You can't buy your way to heaven. Not at all. Not at all. That's what that's telling too. You can't be redeemed. You can't be delivered. The ransom can't be paid with corruptible things as silver and gold. The ransom that God demands has been pictured all through the Old Testament. With all those lambs whose blood was shed, they were pointing to the Lamb of God. They were pointing to the one who with his own precious blood would redeem, would redeem God's people. He's the Lamb without blemish and without spot. Look verse 19. We've been redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. Is it a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you? Christ is a lamb slain from before the foundation of the world. He was manifest in these last times to save his people from their sins, beloved. Look at verse 21. Who by him do believe in God were granted faith to believe. 
will credit faith to believe on, on the Lord Jesus Christ, God incarnate in the flesh, who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and your hope might be in God. Now I ask you this, who's your faith and hope in? Is your faith and hope in yourself? Is your faith and hope in others? Is your faith and hope in riches? Is your faith and hope in your intellect? I'll tell you what, if your faith and hope is not in Christ, and you breathe your last breath, you will go off into a Christless eternity. Beloved of God, now you who are the people of God, let us marvel at this wonderful fact put here before us that we've looked at tonight with these three words. Let us marvel at the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ came into this world to give his life a ransom price for many. Not all, but many. We see that clearly brought out in Matthew 20, verse 28. It says, Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Not all, but many. A number that no man could number. And if you're one of his people, you're included in that number. Glory be to God. Isn't that wonderful? Oh my. So in the future, when we think about the redemptive work of Christ, let us think of these three wonderful words. Agorazo, which means to buy. Exagorazo, which means to buy out of. And lutro, which means to deliver by ransom. The word of God never speaks of Christ trying to redeem his people or doing his part for the redemption of his people or merely providing the possibility of redemption for his people. No, the word of God always sets before us an accomplished, complete, effectual redemption, a redemption which always results in the deliverance or salvation of the redeemed. Christ Jesus is not just our opportunity for redemption. Christ Jesus is the redeemer of God's people. Praise God for a complete finished work of redemption, completely done from beginning to end by the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen.